Hello and welcome to Pairing, a podcast where we pair wine with art and pop culture. This is episode 20, and in honor of episode 20, Winston and I got married last weekend. So we decided that in honor of that, we would talk about our absolute favorite movie and one of the movies that brought us together and made us realize how much in love with each other we are, and that is The Princess Bride. So we just, uh, I'm recording this like, you know, 12 hours before the episode should release, so I'm about to just go edit it, and hopefully it sounds okay, and you like it, and you enjoy it, but we love you all so much. I just wanted to take this opportunity. 20 episodes feels like kind of a landmark, and I can think of no better way to honor it than by talking about my absolute favorite movie of all time. So I hope you enjoy The Princess Bride. Thank you so much to all of our patrons, and a special thank you to our advanced, aka producer-level patron, Mara Zobrist. Mara, you are absolutely incredible. You have the bravery of Inigo, the charm of Wesley, and the looks of Buttercup. And But also, no, that makes me feel bad for saying, because because. Buttercup, as we talk about in the episode, is it becomes a really brave and wonderful character. Anyway, I'm going to backtrack. You're fantastic, Mara, as are all of our other patrons. If you would like to join our little community on Patreon, visit us at patreon.com slash pairingpodcast, where you can get rewards for as little as $1 a month. And we would love to have you there, and we would love to see our community grow. And also, if you don't feel like you're ready to give a monetary contribution, if you could just give us a, a little rating and review on Apple Podcasts, that makes such a huge difference because that will help other people listen to the show. And the more people that listen to the show, the happier I am. And that's, and that's just it. So without further ado, this is episode 20, The Princess Bride. Okay. We're here. Mawish. Mawish. Okay, so uh, Winston and I just got married. Yay! Yay! Boop, 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 boop. And, like, it was probably the best wedding that ever happened. Yeah. It was definitely the best wedding I've ever been to. Yeah, I'm sorry, you guys, <laughs> but we uh, we won weddings. We won weddings. So and you can discontinue the practice now. One of the main reasons that we won weddings is because we asked our dear friend Calder Schilling who is a wonderful Shakespearean actor, to be our officiant. And he was just extraordinary in every sense of the word. So thoughtful, so loving. And um, and so he knew the things that we loved and that we loved together. And so he did, in fact, open... Well, okay, so to backtrack. First of all, the song that I walked into my my entrance song i didn't do the ba da 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 ba da 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 huge loss no. there but i um i asked calder who plays the mandolin and sings and my best friend emma cohen to sing the theme song from the princess bride for my entrance and then uh, Winston and I both were crying already. Yeah, oh and... my god. I blubbered like Tammy J. Baker. <laughs> you may not be old enough to remember who that is, but... That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. There were lots and lots of tears. So then they finished the song. We were we were crying. 
and Calder goes, Mowage. So, in case you haven't guessed, we're talking about The Princess Bride. The Princess Bride. The greatest film of all time. Probably. Probably, arguably. I can't think of a better one. If you don't agree, then your heart is made of stone. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, like, we, one of the... Sort of kidding. Only sort of. Yeah. One of the things we fell in love over was that we both could basically recite the movie. Mm -hmm. And we were watching we were watching a little bit of it again to sort of warm up for this and we were both just like just like just going along. through the whole scenes i mean very irritating if there were other people present but yeah. it was just our cats and they can deal yeah they can deal i mean they they were a little annoyed because they've only seen it once and so i watched yeah. it with them like a few weeks ago and that's right so they were like we want to know how it ends because i didn't finish it with them so they were a little annoyed that we were talking over it but that's okay <laughs> that was a joke um, I'm also I'm exhausted. Yeah, I, uh, it's we, been a... we we've done a whole thing. This is going to be the f- quickest turnaround if I can pull it off of an episode ever. Um, because oh, speaking of, I bet that's a Loki. Yes, it is. Come on in, princess. She says, "Did you? Is this episode about me? Because I'm a princess." <laughs> it's, it's true. Yeah. she is a princess. So yeah, so we were so we were just watching some of it to kind of get ready and yeah, we were both like completely doing other things and <laughs> still like reciting along to it. And she doesn't get eaten by the eels at this time. <laughs> Maybe I was a little concerned. Maybe I was a little concerned. <laughs> I remember so I used to watch The Princess Bride. I'm pretty sure that the first time I saw it, I I could be making this up. I could be confusing it, but I'm pretty sure that both The Princess Bride and Robin Hood Men in Tights I saw when I was very, very young at double features at drive-in movies on Cape Cod. Oh, cool. Yeah. And so I definitely remember seeing Robin Hood Men in Tights there and loving it when I was like three. I can't remember if I saw The Princess Bride there or not, but I definitely watched The Princess Bride every day of my life. Ooh, was that your phone? Wow, that's true love. Winston just turned off his phone so that it wouldn't buzz during our recording session. Too brave. Too brave. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so I would watch The Princess Bride every morning before I went to school until I was like six or something, but I would only watch up to the sword fight scene because obviously the sword fight scene is the best scene in the movie. And there were certain scenes, even though I saw the movie hundreds and hundreds of times until, I don't know, until I was like 10 or later, I don't even know, there were certain scenes that I would leave the room for. And those were the eels. I always (laughs) love for the eels. Um, I'm telling you this because you look worried. Yeah. So much worried. Maybe a little concerned. That's how it goes. Okay. There we go. Um, the, The eels... The the witch, the boo. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, they used to freak me out, too. Um, Yeah, she's freaky. And, oh, and the R-U-S's. The, in the fire swamp. Those are pretty scary. Those were pretty scary. And apparently, there's some great story behind that about the guy who is in the suit. And I can't remember what it is. I don't remember either. But there's a great story behind it. But so, so we were talking about it, and I was like, okay, so what are we going to drink while talking about the Princess Bride? And I was like, okay, it's my favorite movie of all time. I have a bottle of Brunello di Montalcino in my little wine cooler. We just got married. Why not open it? So yeah. so I did. And so we are drinking some Chachi. This is yours, actually. Oh, that's mine? Yeah. Oh, okay. Some Chachi Piccolomini. 
Brunello de Montalcino from Tuscany. Cheers. Cheers. My husband. My wife. Ah! Yep. Yeah, that's pretty outstanding. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. And Brunello is, without fail, my favorite wine ever. And you've heard me talk about it before. If you've listened to other episodes, you've heard me talk about it. If you haven't, great. I won't be repeating myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Brunello, obviously from Tuscany, also made from the Sangiovese grape, kind of like Chianti, except it's from a different region, and it's totally different from Chianti. Chianti is way more high in acidity. It's very astringent, kind of tart. Brunello, especially when it's aged like this one is a little bit. I mean, this is a 2012, so it's not the oldest in the world, but it's still, it's got some age on it, so it's got some maturity. And it is just, it's soft. Mm -hmm. It's lush. It's its the perfect, it's what wine should be. It's got it's like just, just enough um berry and, mm -hmm. and a tang it and does without it too much acidity yeah it's still got it's got like more it's more like kind of black cherry yeah. than tart cherry i would say it's and like it's like I, I don't know why i always want to do this but i'm sorry i interrupted you that's my okay love, my no, wife no that's all right it's fine you tell us about wine <laughs> no i was i, I bad <laughs> no. i saw we uh, <laughs> but, but i feel like it tastes like Drinking like rubies, or yeah, something yeah. decadent. You Absolutely, know? yeah. If rubies tasted like something, this is what rubies would taste like. Yeah, yeah. And so, and and that was part of the reason why I chose it was just because okay, this is my favorite kind of wine. We just had a fairly major life event worth celebrating, mm -hmm. and this is my favorite film of all time. But also, we were talking about how the kind of provinces in. In The Princess Bride, Florin and Gilder are kind of loosely based off of maybe Italian, you like Italian medieval city-states. City They're also actually Italian money. Both Florins and Gilder oh. are um, are medieval currencies. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Interesting. So, like, the gold Florin was, like, a pretty standard huh. um, thing, and that's one of the... That's one of the little details that William Goldman put in there because in addition to being one of the best movies ever made, it's, it's also one of my all-time favorite books. And Winston and I also both read the book. Yeah. So. And so we know like all the, the cute little differences. Like he says uh, stained glass window instead of da Vinci in the movie. Everything in the book that is a three is changed to a five hmm. uh, or vice versa. Hmm. Like five years, you know, three years he said that. Good night, oh, Wesley. Yeah. Good work. Sleep yeah, well, yeah, yeah, most yeah, likely yeah. kill you in the morning. Yeah. Like all that stuff yeah. is um, changed into multiples of three or five. Um, I forget which way. So maybe I'm I'm not the best nerd, you know. Yeah. But like we're also we're tired. Yeah. We've been doing a lot. <laughs> and speaking of Wesley, and speaking of our wedding, um, we had an amazing DJ at our wedding, and his name was Wesley, and he kind of is like a farm boy. Yeah, like corn-fed <laughs> Indiana, yeah. like. Blonde-haired, blue-eyed, kind of a Cariolis look to him. Yeah, but absolutely, like, the best DJ yeah. I've ever... He had I've... an amazing taste in music for somebody who looked like a Hitler youth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Wesley. I don't think he looked like Hitler youth, but I, I would say he looks like, you know, if, if The Prince's Bride were being cast recast today, we could cast that Wesley as Wesley. Yeah, definitely. So, and I feel like I'd be more Vincini. Yeah, That's, you'd you'd probably I'd be like Vicini or Count Rugen, maybe. 
you could you could be Count Ruga, but Vicini is very much your your <laughs> your thing. Um, and so we were sort of talking about this before, and I think you know I haven't prepared anything, but. I was thinking, you know, we know this movie so well. Let's maybe just go through some of the major characters and talk about what wine they would drink. All right. And we might as well start with Vicini because to me he's the most obvious because he's Sicilian. Mm-hmm. And so obviously he would drink Sicilian wine, specifically Etna Rosso, which, again, I have talked about on the show, but it is made from the grape Norello Mascalese. It is kind of like an alternative to, well, some people think of it as an alternative to like kind of like a Nebbiolo Barolo style wine. So another Mm. kind of Italian high in uh, tannin, but very tart fruit kind of. But other people say it's a kind of nice alternative to a burgundy drinker, which is Pinot Noir. So um, that's my, that's my Vicini pair. Cool. I, there I, you go. I know very little about I was, it. Well, I was thinking about getting an Etna Rosso yeah. before I remembered that I had this wine. Because well, yeah. I think, you know, they are actually some of my favorite wines in the world. And they're still a little underrated. They're starting to creep up in price slowly but surely. But you can still get some really good ones for, you know, like around 20 bucks. That's not going to be the case in 10, 15 years, I bet you. Mm. So there you go. Yeah, also, I don't advise spiking uh, any Sicilian wines with uh, Iocane powder. No. Because unless... you won't get any of the, the notes. It has no flavor. Yeah, it's Tasteless, true. Tasteless, odorless, dissolves instantly in liquid. It's true. And is among the more deadly poisons known to man. Um, I also was thinking about Australian wines because oh. he, because he talks about Australia right. in that like classic. It, Australia thing. is entirely peopled with criminals. Yeah. <laughs> as everyone knows. Um... <laughs> um uh, so, we, yeah, we weren't kidding when we said we know most of the movie. By yes, heart. it's very, very true. Though, fun fact, uh, I always remember this story, but one of the things that I remember was another Carrie Elwes movie that, that was a moment that kind of like sparked between us when we were in rehearsal and we were doing something about praying mantis, right. praying manti. Because they eat the, it was about like, um, the, the book of Judith, and so she cuts this dude's head off, and that's what praying mantises do, right? After sex, they're like, hey, that sex was awesome. Now I'm a little hungry. I'm going to eat your face. I feel like I feel like women could learn a lot. Human women could learn a lot from female praying mantises right now. I don't know. That's just me. But anyway, but I did the like whole praying mantis bit from Robin Hood Men in Tights, and everyone thought I was really weird, except for Winston, who was... <laughs> Like, well, you were like, do you know Praying Mantis? And I was like, you're looking at him. And I went, which And the is two the of us classic. had a good uh, good chuckle. We did. We did. And uh, the rest is history. <laughs> but so I totally, I turned off the air. What the hell, What air? that is, air? I'm like, I'll, I'll go check on okay, it. Okay, we're going to go some, check do on Do some wine education. Okay, I don't have much to say. Did Kiki turn on the air again? Might have. Ah, she always does that. But yeah, so, you know, we just got married, so that was that was a lot. And then we are leaving. So we just got back yesterday from, from Santa Fe where we got married. And we are leaving again on Monday, which is in three days, four days, for our honeymoon, which is going to be in Europe, including Florence in Italy, which... 
you know, this is, which is sort of near where this wine comes from. So this, this region, this wine is very much on my mind. I am super, super excited, hoping that we get to some vineyards, but we are so kind of immersed in, we, we are, we have so many places to go that we're just kind of going to, I think we're just going to kind of graze the surface of everywhere we go. I am sure we will drink delicious wine though. And, uh, potentially next episode is going to be a little travelogue from our travels. It was just filling in our listeners about our honeymoon plans. Yep. We're going to go to Spain, Spain and Italy and Italy and specifically Florence in Italy is one of the places that we're going. And, um, and I found this amazing Airbnb and we might not leave. Yeah, it looks know. like under the Tuscan yeah. sun. It's pretty we crazy. Might, we might, you know, call somebody to, like, ship our cats to us, and, <laughs> and we're just going to stay. Winston doesn't know that, but that might happen. But, okay, so that was Vicini. The next most obvious one to me is Inigo Montoya. Inigo Montoya. Hello. <laughs> my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. My favorite new meme on the internet is the, like, Inigo Montoya's Guide to Success. Uh, yeah, like corporate like, networking. One, introduce yourself. Two. <laughs> Make eye contact. No, no. Two, uh, establish a relationship. Three, uh, manage expectations. <laughs> you killed right, yeah, yeah, my yeah. name is Inigo Montoya. <laughs> yeah. You killed my father. Yeah. <laughs> Prepare to die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's great. It's great. It's 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 so classic. And Mandy Patinkin obviously is yeah, just just one of dynamite the, performance. The, the gems of our generation. But uh, obviously Rioja. Rioja, which is no where... Tempranillo from a boy. That is Tempranillo. Oh, Winston, you know that. <laughs> Come on, if there's one wine thing you know, it's that Rioja is made from Tempranillo. Yep, that is a thing that I know. <laughs> Always, all the time. Listeners, you are allowed to shame Winston oh, for that. Fine. <laughs> but yes, Inigo Montoya, obviously, he's spicy, he's... Uh, he's salty. He's salty, he's... Which <laughs> not is not not, really not a, a thing no. that Tempranillo is, really. But but Albarino is. Yeah. So basically, you know, generally Spanish wine is, yeah. is in Eagle Montoya, which is where we're going to be spending most of our time yeah. in about a week. So that is very exciting. And we will try to trust all of the Spaniards, even though the Princess Bride movie says that you should not. Yes, that is true. Well, I'll give true. you my word as a Spaniard. No yeah. good. No good. I've, I've known too, too many, many Spaniards. Spaniards. <laughs> this, is, this episode is just going to be... Just all the quotes. Just all the quotes. All the quotes. Okay, so that's Inigo. Um, Fezzik, Fezzik's a little tougher. So we were saying he's supposed to be Turkish. Yep. And while I'm sure that there is Turkish wine, I can't, I'm not familiar with any. The closest major wine region that I can think of is Lebanon, which is I not. I know Lebanon was a wine mm-hmm, region. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, and it Greece is. too, probably. Greece, actually, yeah, you're although, right. Greece is way closer. Although to Turkey, I don't know, but... it's kind of fraught pairing a Greek wine with a Turkish, with a Turkish person, Turkish, yeah, because you know of the whole, you know, Armenian yeah. genocide, yeah, Turkish yeah. invasion. There's some a history. Lot. There's some history there. Um, so let's stick with Lebanese wine, yeah, even though even though it's not really that close, but but that's the 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 major wine region in the Middle East, I guess. And so, that, at least that is widely exported. Um, and 
the major producer, which I think I've talked about, but maybe I haven't, from Lebanon is called Chateau Moussar. And so if you find a Chateau Moussar wine, they're really, really cool. And they, they tend to only be released, like like the, the current release, quote unquote, is usually like 10, 10 years ago. So like the current vintage for Chateau Moussar is like, well, it might not be, it might not be 2008, but it, depending on which one, but... But yeah, they hold them back for a really long time, which is kind of cool. Huh. Um, which I'm sure we could apply to Fezzik in some way. <laughs> He's, I mean, Andre, well, the, Andre the Giant. He holds back from killing Wesley with that a rock and decides true. to fist that fight him true. instead, he which is a mistake. He actually holds back a lot. It's true. He's very, very strong. Yes. And, uh, and he is the definition of a gentle giant, yep. ex- except when he kills people. But, well, well, he doesn't kill. He knocks. He knocks, he knocks out the albino out. dude. Yeah, he, and then he scares a bunch of people. And he and he kind of strangles Buttercup into. Oh yeah, into in, unconsciousness. Into unconsciousness, but not like death. And so. Yeah, I remember as a young child because I I saw it on VHS for the first time when I was like six and uh, in Santa Fe, mm-hmm. and I was watching. It and I I remember thinking like only oh. when you were six. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, my fault. I've been watching it since I was like two. <laughs> I remember thinking that like if you just grab somebody by the throat, they would like pass <laughs> they out. They would pass out. I was like, man, I'm glad nobody's done that to me. That I know, seems yeah, like yeah. A, a huge liability yeah. in the design that you yeah. can just because he just walks up to her and she's like. <laughs> And he touches yeah. her throat, she's gone. And, you know, it's because it's a movie and yeah. he's a giant. And yeah. they don't actually want to hurt Robin Wright's right. throat. Which, but. speaking of Robin Wright, who knew that she would become, like... Such a such badass. A, yeah. Well, yeah. well, I mean... She looks amazing, by the way. Like, she looks amazing. She looked amazing in The Princess Bride. She yeah. looks amazing now. 22 She's... years, at, or what is it, 32 years? Yeah, I think yeah, it's Yeah, because I'm 32. 32. Yeah, I think and it's... it came out either 86 or 88. I think so, yeah. Yeah, so. I think, I think it came out 88, so mm. so 30 years. I don't know. Damn. Correct us, correct us. I don't have the energy to Google this right now <laughs> to fact check myself, so correct us. But, um, but yeah, Robin Wright is absolutely outstanding. As a performer, she's beautiful and wonderful in The Princess Bride. She's beautiful and wonderful in House of Cards. and Which, what a bummer. Yeah. That Kevin Spacey is such a creep. Well, you know. And pervert and predator. You know, I, I don't want to get into it right yeah, now. Right. But but yes, long story short, yeah, right. super bummer. Back to The Princess Bride. Yay! Yay! <laughs> I'm trying to think. For some reason, what I'm thinking of for, for Buttercup is like an Alsatian Pinot Gris. Which okay. are some of my absolute favorites. I can see it. It's like it's sweet. It's not sweet. It's not, not that sweet. No, it's not that sweet. No. Which okay. which everything okay. I'm saying is wrong. Here we go. No, that's right. No, that but that's great because you think it's sweet, or at least you thought it was sweet. Right. Just like you think Buttercup is sweet, right? Mm-hmm. And her name is Buttercup, but and she's, she's supposed to just be pretty. But but then there's so much depth and substance underneath, and even though you know she doesn't have like the most agency. No. But. But she's got some strength to her. She definitely has strength to her. She's resilient. You know, even though Wesley comes to, quote unquote, save her, she you get the sense that she would have been just fine well, if yeah, he hadn't. She's ready to jump in the water with the man-eating eels yeah. to try and get away from Vizzini and them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think 
uh, she's got some of the like most memorable lines in the movie. You know, you mock my pain. You mock my pain. Uh, I died that day. Yeah. Um, yes, I am a silly girl. I always like when I'm mad at somebody. I always hear in my head, "Yes, I am a silly girl." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but <blah. laughs> I also, if I could have worn that blue dress that she wears for our wedding, I would have. Which blue dress? The blue one, the light blue one with those oh, sleeves. Oh, when they like introduce the... her. No, not like right the when princess they. Princess Buttercup. No, it's it's like it's like a random scene in the middle where she's just like walking through the castle. Oh. But maybe it stands out in my mind more than in yours because oh, I, I because you. as a young girl watching that, I was like, that is what I want forever and always. <laughs> but, but yeah, I'm going with Pinot Gris for for Buttercup okay. because it is legitimately one of the best wines in the world. But you wouldn't you wouldn't give it the credit it's due at first, hmm. is what I would say. Cool. If you didn't know. All right. Uh, okay. So we've done we've done Vicini, Inigo, Fezic, Fezic, Buttercup, Buttercup. So we got like Wesley. Did we do Wesley? No, we haven't done Wesley. Yeah. So we got to do Wesley, Humperdinck, Count Rugen. and Miracle Max. Oh yeah, and we were talking about we were talking about Count Rugen, and you were asking me. Count Rugen is the six-fingered man, and you were asking me, is there some sort of wine or grape that is, like, slightly perverted or, like... like strange blend. Yeah, and so the thing that came to mind, which, again, I think I've spoken about, but there's a there there are a few grapes that are not, like, blended, but they are actually... The grapes themselves are genetic crosses. Oh, that's interesting. And so the most famous of which is Pinotage from South Africa, which is uh, Pinot Noir and Cinso. And I could I could give Pinotage to Count Rugen, but he's kind of too like elegant mm-hmm. in a very frightening and evil way. Yeah, and so he's a creepy sadist. He's for sure. a creepy sadist. And so the the wine that came to the grape that came to mind for him is a grape called Marcelon, which mm. is a cross between. Oh my god! I hope they get this right. I want to say it's Cabernet Sauvignon and Grenache. Huh. So, yeah, it's cool. yeah. And do you know, I mean, I know uh, Amanda and Julia from Spirits were talking about this the other day, but um, do you know of any wines that are produced by queer uh, winemakers? Because it is strongly implied that Rugen and Humperdinck are lovers. Yes. Um, you know, I don't know off the top of my head. Hmm. I, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head, which is not to yeah. say that well, there aren't yeah. a ton. It's well, just it's just that I, I don't know, which is something that I'm gonna look into, and that would maybe be an awesome episode. Yeah. Is queer, queer, queer non-binary? Producers. Yeah. I I know I I've yeah, because most of us aren't sadistic murderers. Yay! <laughs> support your queer brothers and yes. sisters. We yes. mostly don't kill people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the new, the new human rights campaign Yay. slogan. Most of us don't Most kill. Most of us don't kill people. And I definitely, definitely want to do an episode about um, kind of people of color in the wine industry because oh, that yeah. is another very challenging demographic for, or, yeah. it, you know, you know, they're just, they're... Representation is so important and the wine it's industry such, it's is it's such an such elitist a, industry. And yeah, it's old boys club. It's an old boys club. The fact that there are more and more women is great. But it's still only but, like what? Like 10%, 12%? 
around uh, there for well, master songs? For, for, for in the in the service industry and like for sommeliers, yes. In the wine making industry, I want to say it's more than that. Hmm. But I don't. Not enough, that's for sure. Yeah, I don't know the statistics, and definitely people of color and queer people. I don't know. I'll have to look into it. So there yeah. we go. Uh, Humperdinck. Humperdinck, Humperdinck, Humperdinck. Humperdinck, 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 Humperdinck. Get back, witch. Humperdinck, Humperdinck, Humperdinck. I'm not a witch. I'm your wife. <laughs> I'm not That's going to be us in like five seconds. I was going to say yeah, yeah. like right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was really funny. So long story short, the only thing that didn't go perfectly on our wedding day was that we had a honeymoon suite booked that Winston's mom generously booked for us. And they, something went wrong at the hotel and they'd given it away to someone else and they tried to put us in a different room, which wasn't what we wanted. So we were just like, we were like, nah, bro. We were like, <laughs> if, if we're not going to have the room with the fireplace and the balcony, we might as well just go home. Yeah. And so, we needed a ride, like yeah. we've been dropped off there. So right. I called my folks to come get oh, us. Oh, and they were just, they, they really went off, but but so then, so then Winston drove me home and I went, I got like straight into my pajamas out of my, out of my wedding gown, <laughs> like took all the bobby pins out of my hair as fast as possible, took my contacts out and like got into pajamas. And then when Winston's parents came home and, and then I think when you came home, you too got in like, yeah, got immediately. In, yeah. I just like took off all my clothes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then when Winston's parents came home, they were like, you guys are like an old married couple already. We're like, Yeah. That's pretty much yeah, our that's jam. Yeah, pretty much it. Um, so, okay, so Humperdinck, 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 Humperdinck. Let's see. Humperdinck. Let's see. He's very royal. He is royal. So is there something maybe involving, like, the noble rot, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, actually, that's pretty good. Because that's kind of a cool like a, wine like thing, a, too. Like a, like, a, like a dessert wine yeah. because he's kind of, like, sweet-seeming, yeah. but... Then, he's a rotten royal. But he's rotting underneath. Yeah. When in my in my less nice moments, I sometimes I feel a lot like Humperdinck, just like my dulcet darling, just like so full of it. <laughs> you do you do like to put on a show sometimes? Uh, yeah, I'm, like I that. ham it up. My people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how I am in court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hear me, citizens. Yeah. <laughs> Tonight. There will be joy. There will be joy. <laughs> Skip to the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I th- I can see you you've got some of like the affectation and showiness of Humperdinck. I don't think <laughs> very flamboyant. I don't <laughs> think you're as evil no, as not, he is. No, not not nearly. I hope as you're evil. not. If if you are I like to we'll, flatter my. We'll I have out, yet but... to hire anyone to kill you. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. That's so nice. I love you. Yeah. My wife. Oh, I love you, my husband. <laughs> oh. Husbot. Hubspot. Hubspot. <laughs> Hubspotron. But what's a good one for? Oh, oh yeah. So like like a sauterne or something like a like a a wine that yeah. is made from grapes that undergo botrytis, which is that noble rot that yeah. that leads to. Do you want to explain what that is if we haven't yet? Because it's a really cool concept. We have we have explained oh, it before, have. but I'll 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 explain briefly again. It's basically like a mold that grows on the grapes. So in theory, called botrytis, which is in theory a flaw, but it 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 leads the grapes to kind of 
shrivel up and raisin up in a way and get really sweet and get really sweet um but but also adds a kind of complexity to the yeah. wine as well um so that that yields i, for, I forget really what, interesting dessert wine i forget so, why yeah. it was called the noble rot that was because there was like a i forget a yeah. stereotype about the wealthy like being able to afford the sweeter wines and sweeter wines yeah. were generally sought or something like that yeah there's also um a beer that Dogfish had made, a limited edition beer called the Noble Rot, because Which you it's bought an... for me when you went to yep. uh, Dogfish Head. Yep, and it's made with Botrytis grapes yeah. as part of the wort. Wort is what they usually yeah. use to make beer. Yeah. Um, so I just I don't know. That was when I first learned about it, and I thought it was super duper cool. No, I remember. I remember you. I remember you bringing me that. I was like, oh, this is so cool because this is the thing that this that comes from. Yeah, I was thinking I about you. I know. I know. You're very thoughtful. <laughs> Yes, yes, you're very smart. Shut up. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> That's from the movie. Princess Bride. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's talk about like the framing of the movie, which is also the framing of the. So okay, so the Princess Bride was a book by S. Morgenstern. No, that is not true. S. Morgenstern never existed. Was not a real person, oh, really? and the Princess Bride was entirely, like, the original Princess Bride was entirely made up by William Goldman. If you read the book, he has this long preamble. Well, yeah, I don't think about... he entirely created the story, though. I think I think he sort of co-opted the story. No, he totally did. The whole thing is made up. His wife's not a psychiatrist. He never had a son. He has a daughter. Like, huh. the entire life he makes up, He and he talks about oh, really? when he was a boy, his father, who was from Florin, a country that does not exist, uh -huh. used to read him yeah, The no, Princess Bride because this. it's the yeah. principal book of the old country. And then when he goes to read it to his son, his oh, son, see, like, totally checks enough, out. But... And he realizes that his father was skipping all the, like, boring classical lit stuff in the book and just reading him the good parts version. So William Goldman then wrote the book The Princess Bride, the good parts version as um, huh. abridged by William Goldman, but it's all made up, all of it. I didn't realize Which is that. part of why yeah. the book is so brilliant because yeah. it's like super meta and he's commenting on the book the whole time in these asides where he's like, you know, at this point there was 20 pages where they talk about how the princess uh, is packing up all her hats and then transporting them from Gilda to Florin and then unpacking all the hats. And My... it takes 20 pages and the historical scholars love it, but I cut it because eh, you probably wouldn't like it. My favorite part of the book that I remember, because I, I haven't re I read it once and I read it probably 15 yeah. years ago. But the but the part that I do remember is how he talks about how Buttercup becomes the most beautiful right. woman in the she world. She starts out like maybe 25. Yeah, maybe 25. <laughs> like she's got the like she's still got like weird stuff behind her ears. Yeah. Like she's like in an awkward phase and yeah. it's just and it it's takes so... like grief to get her all the way to the number 1 yeah, spot. Yeah, it's really it's it's, it's brilliant. He's being he rags on Buttercup a lot. He does. And also on his fake wife and fake son. Right. Um but he also wrote the screenplay, which is why all the little changes are interesting. Yeah. Um, well, it's probably something he and Rob Reiner figured out. Yeah. And. Yeah. Who knows? But they but just yes, wanted to, I the, think, make the appeal as broad as possible. The the framing of the grandfather and and the grandson and the sick grandson. Yeah. Being, it's just it's so classic. Oh, it's, amazing. it's so brilliant. She doesn't and, get know, eaten by the eels at this time. We have we have quoted. That I know, a few I times. know, but it's one of the best lines yeah, in yeah. all of cinema. It's true. Um, it's true. Yeah, the the constant breaking of the fourth wall is something yeah. that 
you know, it's it's a pretty rare device in movies, and I think that most of the films that do use or it at it least are... breaks the third wall because the fourth wall is when you talk to the audience. Talk to the audience yeah. directly. Yeah, okay. I would. Yeah, so. that, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. But and there's but... there's also like uh yeah, so they're not doing like a Sunset Boulevard where no. the guy is narrating the movie. The other. This is not exactly the same, but the other example of something kind of similar is Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, mm. which I know you haven't seen. No. But maybe we'll watch that later And that's tonight. Tom Stoppard, right? Yeah, it's Tom Stoppard. So he's so, also one of the greatest y- yeah. living writers, not yeah. unlike William and very And very similar humor, too. Like, very yeah. sardonic, very tongue-in-cheek, very smart. Well, and, and I mean, I know Woody Allen is pretty monstrous and yeah, creepy himself, yeah. but he described comedies um, and romances generally as being one of two things, either Christian or Jewish. And a, Is it Christian or Jewish? Yeah, and so in a Christian romance, it's like the world tries to keep the lovers apart and they have to overcome these external obstacles to be together mm-hmm. or, you know, if it's a tragedy, then, mm-hmm. you know, almost get together. But a Jewish romance, comedy, whatever, is about people who are being kept apart like by their own neuroses. So yeah. think about most Rob Reiner movies, like, um, yeah. whatchamacallit, uh, When Harry Met Sally. Yeah. Again, yeah. classic of the genre. Yeah. But it's them being neurotic. It's not that, like, there's a case of mistaken identity or someone gets kidnapped. But so this movie, well, I think what's so brilliant about it is that it's a Jewish framing of a Christian romance. Yes, yes. You know? It's yeah, like, no, what would happen true. if the Jews told which is, it? Which is why... You know, the Billy Crystal, mm-hmm. Carol Kane scene is just absolutely right. amazing because you're like, oh, this fits in so perfectly yeah. into this into this story that yeah. otherwise would seem anachronistic. But because the tone is so clever and so right. Jewish. And Columbo and... is also like, he's like the grumpy Jewish grandpa from Central Casting. Like Columbo? He, yeah, the guy who plays the grandpa. I forget but the that's... actor's name. Uh, he is... Oh my God, he this... also plays Columbo. That's why I call him Columbo. Oh my God, what's his name? Peter, Peter Falk. No. Peter Falk. It is Peter Falk. Okay, I think it's yeah. Peter Falk. Yeah. Um, but like, you can just hear him like bitching about the Dodgers leaving yeah. Brooklyn. You know? <laughs> <laughs> if if we if if we cast the movie out of our friend group, it's my my friend Aaron David who yeah. <laughs> decided at the ripe old age of seventeen that he was actually a seventy-five year old Jew from Brooklyn. And I just met him this weekend. Uh, at Wins- at our He's wedding, a total at sweetheart. Wedding. At my wedding too. He's the most lover lovable curmudgeon <laughs> oh my you could God. ever. He, he meet. really and is. And he was he a really champion is. at our wedding, as were yep. all of our brides' people. Oh my God! Including amazing. my friend Andrew, who they were like, "What? What do you want us to wear for the wedding? What's the theme?" And I was like, "Just wear something pink." And so they sent me all these jokes of like, "Haha, I'm gonna wear a pink unicorn onesie," and I was like, "Do it." And, and only did. Andrew actually did. Yep. And the amount of scandalization oh that occurred so amongst the older guests people. of the wedding was so delightful for me. Speaking of being sadistic. Yeah. <laughs> it was, and it took all the heat off me. I could do whatever I wanted it's because true. people were busy watching Andrew in his pink unicorn onesie. It's true. It's very true. <clears throat> so. And, and the evening ended with someone else wearing the pink unicorn onesie and, and jumping, and into, jumping the into the pool. <laughs> so we had a great wedding, basically. We won. Yeah. Anyway. So we So we did Humperdinck and Rugen. We did, we did Humperdinck and Rugen. We haven't done Wesley yet still. No, we still haven't. We haven't done Miracle he, Max. He is tough because Wesley is just like 
you know, he, I'm sorry, but he is every little girl's dream. Right. You know? And and he's a total Mary Sue as well. Yes. He's like a male Mary Sue, whatever the term for that is. He, he is. can do everything. He is. But at the same time, I mean, Cariel was so perfect because he is still smart and charming and, like, funny while, and, like, Tongue in cheek. Yeah, he, he gives. You know, it's like a, he's sort of a Chris Evans before Chris Evans kind yeah, of. Vibe, yeah, 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 yeah. He's like so so wholesome and square jawed very, and everything. Sarah very Lawrence, much. Uh, Sarah Lawrence alumnus actually not an alumnus. He dropped out. That's right. I think he dropped but he out. Did. But he we got we got Carrie Ellis and we got uh, Yoko Ono. I think we talked about this during the Dracula episode because he plays yes because um, he's the in... Lord Godalming character whose name they changed for no reason. Right. 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 Um, right. Right. But he's yes, that character. But he is that character, and um, and so like, mm, it's a hard, it's a hard one. It's a hard one to know what he. Yeah. Well, let's see. He's sort of like all things to all people. So what's like widely considered to be the most versatile wine, or is he maybe is is he cougar juice? Because because <laughs> <laughs> the old married women just wanna just wanna drink him up. Uh... <laughs> Sure, that works. <laughs> Maybe that works. I don't know. I'm just brainstorming. Um, yeah, no, I would say I actually. I mean, I was thinking even before you said that that Chardonnay right. was kind of a good. He's also very Aryan. Uh, he is definitely very Aryan, but also you know Chardonnay is very versatile. And again, it, it's surprising because you you think you know when you see Wesley, oh, he's just kind of like a Prince Charming type, like very gallant and right. blah blah blah. But he's actually got a lot more going on yeah and especially and in the book especially in the book and I re- the scene i remember from the book the most is where they talk about how when they when they're torturing wesley until they put him on the machine he can just take his brain away and he just thinks about yeah, buttercup i remember and that like goes to his happy place yeah. while they're you know dripping hot oil on him and stuff and nothing yeah. gets to him until they hook him up to the machine and then his like yeah. world is shattered and he just like just sits there and cries in this yeah. moment of total vulnerability. And I kind of think in the movie it doesn't come through as well because it, they have all that stuff on his face. Yeah, and and the whimpering, it yeah. doesn't it it doesn't come through yeah. as as much. How but, did it make you feel? And remember, this is for posterity, so be honest. And he just yeah. cries. Yeah. Um also, I mean, Christopher Guest as Count Rudy. Yeah, fascinating. Yes. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> he's so good he's as so Count Rudin. He's so good. <laughs> well spoken, sir. Yes. Um, also, I mean, Christopher Guest, talk about some of the best movies ever made. He's oh, widely man. probably considered one of, if not the best comedic filmmakers to Ab- ever exist. Between 100%. Waiting for Guffman and Best in Show and, and A Mighty Wind. Yep. Yep. And all those amazing improv movies. Yeah, no, he, and oh, uh, oh my God. Spinal Tap. Sp- oh, this is Spinal yeah, Tap. That, yeah. <laughs> which he did with Rob Reiner. Right, exactly. Oh. Rob, well, Rob Reiner, I think, was involved in most of his movies as well. He wasn't, like, as the like director. A producer. I think so. Yeah. I think so. But, uh, but yeah, no, this is Spinal Tap is, oh, my God, just one of my absolute favorites. But we already did Count Rugen, and I still think that yeah. Marcelon, which also, it sounds like, you know, I've been talking about how... You know some some of these wine terms like sound like Marvel villains. I feel like Marcelon sounds like it should be an animal Mar- or something. Marcelon sounds like a like a Guardians of the Galaxy villain. Yeah, or maybe. Like, I am Marcelon yeah, from the planet yeah, yeah, Nebulax. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. Yeah. There we go. We're tying it all together. <clears throat> so okay, so Miracle Max. Miracle Max. Oh my God. Uh, what is Miracle Max? I mean, should we be like? 
like painfully on the nose and just do kosher wine. <laughs> uh, I but I don't feel like that's right though. Well, I mean, well here, I, let me dispel some uh, stereotypes about about kosher wine, which is that they're all sweet. Mm-hmm. So Manischewitz yeah. is obviously the most famous and holds a dear spot in my heart, but like there's a lot of kosher wine that just tastes like regular wine. There's yeah. there's Italian kosher wine, there's French kosher wine, there's American kosher yeah. wine. Like well, it's, it's like halal of meat. It's like it yeah. has to do with the procedures that are used and it's making conforming to biblical law rather than any kind of like flavor profile. Exactly. Like exactly. Yeah. And what is all these noises are happening uh, that wasn't in the me. apartment? Normally yeah. when it's a weird noise, it's my stomach being like, why? <laughs> but that was not me. No, that was some plumbing <laughs> issue or something. Anyway, but so so in that sense, sure, like let's give him kosher wine because he's Jewish. But, <laughs> right. But I... Uh... Oh, um, what's like a really chocolatey wine? Because when he does the miracle pill to, to bring oh, Wesley back yeah, from the dead, he he, they, it... they coat it in chocolate. They chocolate do. makes it go down That's easier. That's true. Um, it should wait at least an hour. Well, there's there's a bunch... There's there's a fair amount of wine that has chocolatey notes. Most notably, I would say like California Cabernet Sauvignon. Not all of them, mm. but but that's some of my favorites are the ones that have like not that they taste like sweet chocolate, but they taste like cocoa. Dark, dark you know, chocolate. like dark choco. Yeah. Dark choco. Dark choco. Dark choco. And so I think that is a good one. Or I would say like Zinfandel for him. Because you can also get a kind of chocolatey note from Zinfandel. Oh, cool. And it's a little fruity. It's a little spicy. And actually, Zinfandel is kind of a fun one for Miracle Max. I'm going to stick with that. All right. Let's let's go with that. And then for his wife, whose name, do we ever find out her name? In the book we do, but I don't remember. Yeah. um, But she is played by Carol Kane, who is... One of the great comedians. Absolutely. Who died way too soon. Way too young. And she, I want to say, is like sparkling rosé or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. You know, she's, she's got so much vim and vigor and life. and <laughs> Liar! Liar! Also something that I hear in my head whenever yes, all the someone time. is dishonest or all I don't like, the... like whenever certain uh, political type people talk. <laughs> Liar! Well, I think the most... <laughs> To me, possibly the most iconic lines in the movie are, have fun storming the castle. <laughs> Bye-bye. Do you think it'll work? It would take a miracle. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I beat you with a bot. I'll take you both together. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's another sorry, good one. Sorry, That's another good one. The whole movie. Um, you know what? We just got married. Indulge us. Yeah, We're, yeah, this come is on. What, this is what our Cheers. life is like. Cheers. Yeah, we just like sit here yeah. and have inside jokes <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. And you know, pet our cats. But is there is there anyone else major that we haven't covered? Um, there there really isn't. Like all the uh, I mean, yeah. there's the bishop is the only like Mowage. minor character that kind of. Oh, the king I mean, and the queen. The the king and the queen. Yeah, kind of. Well, the, the king who yeah. who's kind of funny and yeah, old this and like the doddering old man. Yeah, but he's very nice. She kissed me. She kissed me. And I mean, oh. I mean, Columbo, the grandpa. Yeah, Col- and the, the, son. the grandpa and the son. That's true. Okay, so let's do the grandpa and the son. Uh, yeah. The son played by Fred Savage, who right. uh, from the Wonder, Wonder Years. Years. Yeah. And, and, and he he's and... done a bunch of other stuff, too. Yeah. And he's done a lot of directing and producing. I think so. I think. And he and Corey Haim were 
very good friends as child actors oh, growing cool. up. And then Corey Haim, who is in um, Lost Boys and The Goonies, I believe, and mm-hmm. Stand By Me, which is mm-hmm. another excellent Rob Reiner movie. Oh, great uh, movie. Corey Haim was a big early supporter of the Me Too movement because yeah. he survived a lot of... Uh, I guess we'll have to put a trigger warning in here. I don't know why my mind keeps going through it. Maybe because the Kavanaugh hearings were yeah, today. Yeah, we're sorry, that gang. is sorry, uh, everybody. <laughs> it's not but, the best day for the Republic. But we, um, it's it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> sorry, there was I, a thought and it's gone. We were talking about something perfectly pleasant, and I had to go. No, and no, ruin no, no, no. That's that's quite all right. It's true, and it's on everyone's mind. But but Fred Savage, the kid. But you know, it seems wrong to give like a wine parent. Yeah, to don't a kid. drink underage much. Don't don't drink underage. <laughs> and uh we do not endorse that. Excuse me. Um but he's so cute and fun and yeah. like he's, punchy. Yeah, he's peppy. He's peppy. He's like a Riesling. Okay. He's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's like, like a dry Riesling. Yeah, dry Riesling. Maybe even an off dry Riesling. Okay. But All right. but still like High acidity and he's but but really sweet at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah. And then and then the grandpa Peter Falk, he's like, he's also really he's like port. Okay. He's, yeah. He's because he's really sweet, but he's got a bite complex to him. and he's been aged for a long time and, uh, and yeah, you know yeah. and there we go. That's my that's my thinking. Sherry could also be good for. For the grandpa. Sherry Niles. Sherry Niles. We've also been watching a lot of Frasier, um, as we always best do. Best at Come Ever. If you haven't seen it, get your life together. Um, I don't know. I don't know about Best at Come Ever, <laughs> but there's something very comforting about it. Well, it's kind of timeless comedy. Well, and it's very satisfying to watch them and be like, oh, you're so obnoxious, but then also love them very deeply. Mm-hmm. But that is, so that is how I feel about The Princess Bride. And that, yeah. I love it so much. It seriously um, is one of my favorite stories and like works of art that's ever been created. I, I think we there's read it aloud to each other in college. There's nothing like it in the world. Like the the closest thing I remember when Stardust came out by um, Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman and the movie came out. He has that there's, same kind of there's sardonic. a little bit of a similar thing going on. Neil Gaiman is a lot darker mm-hmm. than and Stardust not necessarily as dark but it's still it's got a little bit more grimness yeah. to it or the Discworld but, books kind of remind me of the Princess Bride sure, a little bit sure like the, the, the Terry Brooks yeah Terry Pratchett or Terry Pratchett I'm sorry I yeah, always Terry Brooks con- is Shannara yeah he's the Shannara sorry I always confuse them super excited for the Good Omen series oh my god which I don't think you've read Good Omens Mm-mm. We might have to read I, that. I've only read two Neil Gaiman books. I've read Anansi Boys and American Gods, both of which are fantastic. Those are great. But they have that same kind of dark sense of humor. They do. They it's, do. Especially in the book. It's like very rueful and, and Jewish. And, and Stardust, even though he, he pitches it as a children's book, it has more darkness to it than The Princess Bride yeah, does. There's like a lot of murder in that, yeah. <laughs> in that book. Yeah, there is. Um and which also like the princess bride is a great way to learn about life i think like mm-hmm. the scene when he's like who kills humperdinck like yeah. is it inigo who nobody nobody he lives yeah oh, you mean he wins jesus grandpa what'd you read me this book for yeah and like that again you know politics often that brings me to my like jesus grandpa what you read me this <laughs> book for but i think yeah um, it is it is a really good lesson in that you know Right and wrong, yeah. black and white. As much as it as it is a classic 
timeless love story. Yeah. It's not black and white. It's not, you know, yeah. you don't see Wesley and Buttercup as like perfect people. No. And, and, and actually in the book, he goes out of his way to say that like, you know, they don't actually, you know, live perfectly happy ever after. Like at some point, somebody beats the crap out of Wesley and, and, you know, Buttercup's looks start to go. And at, yeah. at the end of the book, he talks about like, they had the most beautiful kiss ever, ever in the world. Uh, this was, of course, before uh, Inigo's stomach wound yeah. like opened back up. <laughs> Wesley's horse threw a shoe, yeah. like, and it's and he's like, "So there you go. It's uh, sort of a Lady or the Tiger ending, but this was before Lady or the Tiger, uh, which I had to look up to find out what it means. But I think it's that thing where like the tiger is above you and you're hanging off the cliff, and there's like the strawberry and the thing you know it's a pit in the pendulum kind of, i don't know i don't know correct us readers listeners listener people um but yeah it's just it's a it's a sweet book and it teaches you about compassion and that people are redeemable and that things don't always work out the way that you think that they should but yeah. you have to persevere anyway yeah it's um yeah it's just a great way to approach the world I agree. You know, um, we'll never survive. Nonsense. You're only saying that because no one ever has. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, and it's very, it's it's got that existential humor. That it does. I think characterizes a lot of. Really and great also, words. just quickly, the thing that I think is so wonderful about the book is that, or the movie, the movie and the book, is that I kind of think that Inigo is actually the hero. And or he, and, but he's also kind of an anti-hero, right? Um, that I think that his story is kind of more compelling than. Yeah, uh, and I also, I mean, yeah, he has a big arc, and I think that actually Buttercup has has an arc for she not definitely for does. not having that much agency. She like goes from being kind of a spoiled girl to being like really brave and yeah. standing up for herself. Yeah. Um, and so as much as she's not given that much to do, I think her character is very important and, and grows Absolutely. in a way that Wesley just kind of like disappears and shows back up as a superhero. That, yeah, that is, that is very true. Yeah. He, he's very much like, it's like Captain America. If yeah. we didn't watch the first Captain right. America movie well, and, the, and, the Inig- <laughs> and he just explained it, yeah. you know, I think the Inigo and Fezzik like duo, the mm-hmm. like buddy dynamic of them is very, very similar to R2-D2 and C-3PO. Yes. Like, obviously, you know, neither one of them is prissy and prim and proper, but it's that same. There are lens, and that's one of the things that makes Star Wars so good, and it makes this so good, is, yeah, I mean, we have the grandpa and the boy, and I think they're kind of mimicked, like, their mimetic twins are Inigo and Fezzik. Mm. Um, okay, Because I can see the, that. the kid has the kind of... The like angsty grumpiness of Inigo, and the grandfather is sort of the gentle giant, okay. um, who can nonetheless like put you in your place I if he has see that. to. You I know, see that. just rambling, yeah. but I, yeah. that's something no, I think, I, and I it's can... a really cool framing device. It again. is. It is. Yeah. Well, uh, long story short, best movie ever. Yeah. Uh, we both adore it and can recite it, and yeah, watch it and then watch it five hundred more times. Yeah. <laughs> that's the general rule it's also and a... watch past the sword fighting scene yeah because i i have seen the first how however much 25 yeah. minutes of the princess bride hundreds of times yeah. oh and also maybe this yeah. is why dark stuff keeps coming to my mind because the princess bride is a big part of my self-care regimen mm-hmm. princess bride is like one of my main 
it's going to be okay movies. Yes. It's the best movie to watch when you're it, sick. It is. Like, yeah, I used to watch it when I was sick and and when I'm sad. And when yeah, and self-care is so important right now. It really now. is. It really is. Um, In and, the face of everything. Yeah. So, you know, take care of yourselves, kids. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's tough times Watch The out Princess there. Bride. Watch will, The Princess Bride. It will make it better. I promise. Yeah. It will give you hope. And... Uh, it will give you love. Yeah. And that is where we are. Yep. Sorry, guys. This yeah. is a little. This is a little. Uh, a little ad hoc. A little ad hoc. A little but, seat of the pants. But uh, this, I you know. Not unlike uh, the storming of the castle plan. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I feel kind of like Wesley coming out of the torture machine. You know, like being brought back to life, with a you know, nice mutton, leaden lettuce and tomato sandwich. <laughs> But, uh... Tomatoes are so perky. So... I love that. Love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Pairing was created, produced, hosted, and edited by Emma Sherjarko, with music and audio recording by Winston Shaw and logo artwork by Darcy Zimmerman and Katie Huey. If you'd like more information, links, and clarifications on what we talked about this episode, please check out the show notes. Follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and Instagram at Pairing Podcast to keep tabs on what we're up to. Come check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash pairingpodcast, where you can pledge as little as $1 a month and get access to exclusive content, customized pairings from me, live streams, and more. Feel free to send us any thoughts, questions, requests, and pairings of your own on our website, thepairingpodcast.com, via email at pairingpodcast at gmail.com, or on any social media platform. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and sharing with your friends. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time, read, drink, and be merry. Thank you.